head instead of talking about me. Um, we're in a study of the book of Proverbs, and I'd like to remind you that Proverbs is given to us for raising up, for maturity, for helping, for guiding us in the days ahead. We know that the key verse in Proverbs is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And Proverbs is given for these exact purposes. And we're going through Proverbs, but you can't really go through Proverbs because almost every verse is a different topic. So you almost have to take it topically. And so that's what I'm doing. I appreciate um, Gabe and Scott preaching over the last couple of weeks. What a, just an incredible job the guys have done, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I, honestly, I laughed last week out loud when, when Scott talked about having an anger problem. Um, I just thought, <laughs> so I want to talk about my weight issues today. Um, <laughs> You know, at the beginning of the year, I've never struggled with my weight. I mean, I just, it, it's nothing I can brag about. It's nothing, it's just a genetic thing. I mean, I do run pretty frequently, but it's not like I've ever struggled. And as I've gotten a little older, I've started putting on some, a few pounds here and there. And so at the beginning of the year, I, I decided I'm going to lose five pounds. I know to some of you, are like, give me a break, but... Um, I decided I was going to lose five pounds because it felt better running and I just felt healthier. And, I, and good news, I've only got 10 pounds to go. So uh, my, year's going, my year is going great so far because two weeks ago I went down to my brother's, my brother had a 60th birthday celebration, my older brother, and so I went down to his uh, birthday celebration and my sister-in-law is an amazing cook and it was just like they should have called it a glutton weekend. And so I came back, um, honestly, weighing more than I've ever weighed in my entire life. Entire life at the end of this weekend. Now, last weekend, I don't know if you noticed, last weekend, I wasn't preaching, but I had a certain, I don't know, style change uh, in my clothing. Um, I, my kids had given me a, like a golf shirt all these golf shirts for Father's Day. They're really nice. But the, the shirt tail on them is pretty long. So I thought, man, it just doesn't look right out, untucked. So I tucked it in just because I thought it looked good. Tucked it in. I had, I had no less than three people last week come up to me and say, hey, have you lost weight? Now, y'all don't think that's as funny as I do. All I did was tuck my shirt in. And for some reason, I didn't know wearing untucked shirts make you look fatter, but evidently it does. Um, tuck shirt, if you want to know, just style tip for some people, uh, un uh, tuck shirts make you look skinnier, evidently, because at least you think so. Here's what I thought. I went home knowing that I weighed more than I've ever weighed in my entire life, but really feeling better about myself, <laughs> because evidently... I looked better in a tucked-in tucked shirt. It's the power of words. Words matter in our lives. Words have incredible impact. And Proverbs has more to say about words than any other topic. 90 to 100 verses in Proverbs have to do with 
words. Have I been changing that? Okay, thanks. Great, great. I was very excited to, 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 to share my story. Let me go back because it has more to say. Almost 10% of the book of Proverbs has to do with words. And if you really wanted to narrow it down into four topics, and by the way, I would encourage some of you to take notes on this. Uh, I'm not being funny here. I, I, you know, there's this old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but I'm going to tell you there's power of life and death in words. Um, the, 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 the theory that uh, actions speak louder than words, I don't believe is entirely biblical. Actions matter, but words carry things that only words can carry and we're going to see this this morning. It, this is really an important word, and I'm going to try to narrow it down. So if you do take notes, I'm going to read a lot of scripture, reference scripture. You can come back and look at it, look at it later. But if you were to narrow down Proverbs, they're teaching it's teaching on words in like four topics, real quick. It talks about relationships and words. It talks about a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. You can see how words matter in relationships. It's either going to damage relationships or help relationships, but words matter in relationships. As a matter of fact, fewer words is better than many words. Uh, it says also, all of these are from Proverbs. It says in uh, chapter 10, verse 19, when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. There's great teaching in restraint when it comes to, to words. And the pain are good our words can accomplish. Proverbs talks about this a lot. Proverbs 12, 16. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. We're going to come back to this verse several times today. But it, it can bring incredibly good, like a uh, healing, or it can do incredible damage like a sword. And Proverbs many times just talks about the goodness and beauty of words. There's aesthetic value in words. Uh, a word, ap this is, isn't this a beautiful passage? A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. It's a beautiful passage of words to talk about the beauty of words. Words are beautiful or they can be, and they can be incredibly ugly as well. So, since the kids are in here, I thought I'd go with a big idea. I know Kathy does the big idea many times in her children's church. Here's the big idea for the moment. What we say reveals who we are, and words are one, if not the most powerful tool at our disposal. I mean, I, I, I was a little reluctant to say the most powerful tool, but it is definitely near the top. One of the most powerful tools at our disposal because it has the power, our tongue, our words. It has the power of life and death, and those who love it eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21, that is the key passage for this morning. And I want to say this, when I talk about words, I'm talking about everything you say, everything you write, everything you tweet, everything you put on Facebook, every post you make, every words. Words matter. Texting matters. So think about our words in the context of that today. 
Also, I just want to say this too because of the limitation of time. I'm not even going to take on the topics of slander and gossip. Uh, those are themes having to do with words all on their own, but they'll be included sort of in this discussion this morning. So let's talk about words. Here's the first point. It's this. Words display power. Words display power. Reckless words, I'm going back to this Proverbs 12, 18. This is like theme verse B. It's so critical. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I mean, look at the power of words. A sword can either kill or destroy. Words are like that. And you know, when you stab someone with a sword and then bring it out, the sword may be out, but the wound is still there. The damage it's done is still there. There is power in words. But words can also bring healing, which is going to be a point in and of itself. The tongue has the power of life and death. Now, is this just hyperbole? Or are we talking like life and death? I would like to say, because of all the counseling I've done over these many years, that it is not hyperbole. It is not speaking. I, I, I've, you know, we, we've read stories, we've seen stories of people who've taken their own lives because of words spoken to them. We have, we have seen nations crumble because of words. We have seen nations go to war with each other over words. Words matter, and we need to see that. We, I know I'm hammering this a little hard, but if, you've got to receive this truth that words matter. What, why is it that words are so powerful? Well, if we are indeed, and I believe we are, created in the image of God, right? One of the image-bearing aspects of our lives has to do with words. How did God create the heavens and the earth? God spoke. He said, let there be light, and there was light. If we're created in his image, then there is an aspect of words that carries. How does he sustain everything that's going on? According to Hebrews, he sustains all things by his powerful word. He's creating, he's sustaining things by his word. In Jeremiah, God says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? There is power. God's word has power. He has imaged us with himself, and our words, as a result, have power. There, are, are you with me so far? Because I'm going to keep staying here until we, we understand that words matter. James says that the tongue, words, it's like a fire. It's like a rudder on a ship. And I would, I would say to some of us today, your words are so powerful. They have, the, they have the opportunity to provide warmth in your home or to burn it down. And some of us are guilty of burning our homes to the ground with our very words. A rudder has the opportunity to take a ship and to navigate the mighty ship where it needs to go or to dash it against the rocks. There is power in words. In 1899, four reporters from four competing Denver newspapers 
all met at the Denver train station. By the way, I've been to the Denver train station. It's still there. You can go there. and uh, It's really a unique place. It's now like a shopping mall more than a train station. But they all met at the Denver train station because their competing papers had sent these guys to the train station to try and find a story for their Sunday edition. They were hoping some famous person would come through Denver and they could write about it and put it in the Sunday paper. The forum started talking and there was just nothing happening on this particular night in, in Denver. So they, they went to a local bar and started drinking, which is always a mistake um, in this kind of setting. And they said, why don't the four of us come up with a story together? We just make a story up and then we'll present our papers. The editors will be happy. No one will be the wiser. We'll all agree on it. It'll be great. So the four of them said, well, like, well what can we do? Well, it can't be something close to home because somebody could find out about it and then it wouldn't be true. So where's a country somewhere in the world that we can make up something about and just write about it? So they figured China was a long way away. And so they said, let's write something about China. And I remember this is 1899. It was a long time ago, before Google and the internets had everything connected. So they come up with this story and they say, well, what can we write about about China? What's so crazy people would never even believe it? Well, let's make up a story about some American engineers who are going to go and help tear down the Great Wall of China so that... And, and the, the, another would say, well, no one will believe they're going to tear down the Great Wall of China. Why would they do that? They said, well, let's let's say that they want to open for international trade. So these four reporters from four competing newspapers wrote the exact same article about how they'd met a group of engineers going through Denver. Am I talking too fast? I'm really trying to get in my time frame. Going, going through Denver on their way to China, tear down the Great Wall so that it increased international trade. So in 1899, these headlines appeared in all four of these competing Denver newspapers. Now, unbeknownst to them, this story picked up steam. And it picked up steam with other newspapers in the country, going from there to China. Well, these guys had no idea that there was a radical group within China already just seething about foreign intervention in their economic and other aspects. And so this ignited them to say, how dare they come to tear down our wall? The next thing you know, they evade embassies. They capture missionaries. Within two months, eight countries have had to send in over 20,000 troops to protect their interest. By the time the smoke, so to speak, settled, over 100,000 people were dead in China. It became known as the Boxer Rebellion in China, uh, in, Amer in U.S. history, for those who have heard of it. Words matter. We talk about fake news. But, I mean, this is like ultimate fake news that results in life. You see, words are powerful. And you've got to receive the truth that your words, your words matter. Second point is this. Words reveal character. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. 
A perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. I'm going to read you a couple more verses real quick. But as I do, here's what I want you to see. Too often we get it backwards. Like, oh, I need to say the right thing so that my heart will be changed. But instead what Proverbs is saying is your heart is, your mouth is revealing what's already in your heart. It's revealing your character. Right? So he goes on and says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. If you're righteous, then your mouth is a... It's not make your mouth a fountain of life and you'll become righteous. Are you with me? So, but it's revealing what's already there. Jesus says, out of the overflow of what? The heart, the mouth speaks. It's revealing what's already inside of you. And what we need is a heart transplant. If you want to see your tongue transformed, your character, then you need what the Bible talks about in the new heart. Because here's a scary passage. Jesus says, I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Now, does this not terrify you in some ways? To say, oh, all of a sudden we're starting to repent right now, right? Lord, forgive me, forgive me for all those words. I got a lot of careless words I need to repent of. Why is it? Is this a legalistic thing? Like, I got to guard my words? I believe Jesus is saying that what happens is because words reveal your character, you're going to be judged on them because they're showing what's inside of you. Words, without going into detail, have a lot of different aspects of character that show our heart. I mean, truthful, gentle, wise, transparent, economical. And they all have to do with what's in our heart. Yeah, you like the economical part? I just kind of threw that in. Uh, economical, you know, few words are, are better. Transparent, you can see what you're saying, what you, what you mean. And there are proverbs on each and every one of these characteristics that you can look up. Here's what I hope that we'll see today at this point, is that it's revealing our character, but the, the issue is our heart. And we need a new heart. And here's, here's something so incredible and unbelievable. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. See, Word... Word, I know it has different connotations a little bit, but Jesus spoke, I mean, God spoke, Jesus sustains and redeems us through his word. You sang it this morning. Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that does what? Praise God, it speaks a better word. See, the problem is not you getting your control of your tongue, but letting God get a control of your heart. Letting Jesus dwell in you richly. Letting your heart be transformed by this better word. Some of us are trying to control our tongues by legalistically getting a hold of ourselves. 
And I would contend that what needs to happen is we need to have a new heart, a change, so that what comes out of us is the overflow of the transformed heart within us. Most of my life, I just use a regular toothbrush. <laughs> well, that was a shift. I just use a manual toothbrush and brush my teeth, and it's worked well. And last visit to the dentist, he, he I, I know I shouldn't go on this long, but, you know, <clears throat> the, uh, whenever I go to the dentist, they always ask me this question, like, how often do you floss? Do you get that question? And I say, every time I'm here. <laughs> I, I don't want to lie. I want to be honest. I want my words. I don't want to say I floss all the time. And No, I don't floss. So I know it's a horrible thing. Horrible. So they suggested I buy an electric toothbrush. So I, I recently my wife bought me an electric toothbrush. Now look how this thing just shines and sparkles. And it's just gorgeous, this electric toothbrush. So I said, okay, I'm going to learn. To, I'm, I'm, I refuse to floss, so I'm going to use this thing that vibrates my whole head. So I, I, I read the instructions. I put toothpaste on it. I go to brush my teeth. And I hate this toothbrush. I hate it. I mean, there's toothpaste on the mirror. It's on my face. It's all over the wall. This thing is like putting toothpaste I, everywhere, but I think my teeth. I mean, it's just tooth. And, and so I go by weeks. I say, I'm not going to let this thing defeat me. I'm going to keep trying this electric toothbrush. My wife insists it's good for me. The dentist tells me it's good for me. I'm going to keep using this toothbrush. I, I use it for weeks, and I'm just killing everything. I mean, every night I'm having to wipe down the whole bathroom, and I need a shower by the time it's over. I feel like my teeth have been sandblasted by this thing. I hate it. I'm laying in bed one night, and I'm like, I can't get victory over this stupid toothbrush. I'm an intelligent guy. Just go with me, okay? I'm an intelligent guy. I can figure this out. And you know, I, you're going to make fun of me when this is over. What I figured out was, I was trying to use the electric toothbrush like I've used the manual toothbrush for 60 years. You know, I flipped the thing on and I'm still going, going after it, you know, trying to brush my teeth with this electric toothbrush. And I realized, all I got to do is turn it on. And it does all the work. I kept toothpaste in my mouth. I figured I could close my lips a little bit now. I mean, it was life-changing for me to figure out how to use this toothbrush. Some of us are still trying to control our lives by the old way. When we have the power of God in us. And we're incredibly frustrated because we don't understand why I can't have victory. And the reason you can't have victory is because you're trying to do it yourself rather than letting the heart change that God has placed within you work its way out in its power to change the way you speak, the way you act, the way you, you are. See, words don't develop character, they reveal it. Character only comes when God changes who we are. Final point is this. Words promote healing. Words promote healing. Look at these passages. Romans, uh, Proverbs 12, 18. I love Romans. I just kind of go there whenever I'm in, in a tight place. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings what? Healing. 
It brings healing in your life. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Your tongue, if it has the power of life and death, then don't let it cause death. Instead, let it release life. Think of the power of your words and that they have to promote healing. <clears throat> How does deliverance come to someone? Through the power of God, but how is it released in their life? Words. Healing. How is it released in someone's life? Why do we pray for people? Words. Prophecy. Words. Prayer. Words. Even salvation. The gospel is proclaimed in words. How will they know unless they hear it? Somebody's got to tell it to them. They've got to speak it. Why is it a big deal that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved? There is healing power in words. Please do not underestimate the power of the word. In John 15, Jesus declares his disciples righteous because of the word he has spoken over them. He is the word. But, I mean, at the same time, he says, you're, you're clean because of the word. Paul takes this in Ephesians 5 and even says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Now, Paul's talking about the church and Jesus, but he's saying, husbands, do the same thing in your home. Wash your home in the word. Let Just as your life has been, promote healing. And you could say this, husbands, wives, to your children, teach them the power of the words. Your words matter. Last week, my wife, Kathy, was talking to my oldest son, Jared, and Please um, just overlook for a second the, um, the cultural inappropriateness of these words I'm about to use for a second. But our, our, our grandson was in the backyard playing cowboys and Indians. I know we can't use that. Cowboys and Indians in the backyard. And she hears Jared say to our grandson, you know, Indians weren't loud. They were stealthy. They were quiet. They were, they snuck up on. So Kathy's like, Jared, that's brilliant. Where, where did you, where did you get that to get them to be quiet? And he goes, and this is what's remarkable to me, because I would never have placed these two people, even though we've been in church together our entire lives, I would have never. Jared goes, Jan Powell. And I, and I, and Kathy's like, what? I remember when, when I was a kid and we were playing and we were playing cowboys and Indians and that's why Jan Powell told me. And I would have never placed Jared and Jan in the same... For those of you who know Jan, um, Jan, if you're watching, hi. And um, here's what I'm saying. Your words, it's unbelievable the impact they have. This is just a simple story, but think about if you're teaching a child and you speak, you are 
the righteousness of God in Christ. You are someone special. You are beautiful, created in God's image for his glory. And his... You can change a person's life with the words that you speak. Words that you never even think will have a connect with someone. Let me close with this passage. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Praise God, you're new. You're new. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. How did God reconcile the world to himself? He did it through the word. The word made flesh. And again, I understand there's some dynamic differences, but still, reconciliation is a word as well as action, activity. And he's given us this message of reconciliation. Message, word of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. What does an ambassador do? An ambassador speaks for the king while he's in the middle of another kingdom. He's speaking on behalf of a king. That's who you are. You have a message to share. You have been transformed by the gospel. So let's take this down. This afternoon or tomorrow, you're going to go home and in your home, Something is going to happen. Something's going to happen in your castle that makes you think these ungrateful wretches have no idea what I do to provide them this castle. <laughs> You're going to think they are just taking advantage of my castledom. They're taking advantage. And you're going to want to unleash on them so that they know how appropriate it is they give you thanks for the wonderful castle you have provided. And here's what I want to say to you right now. Instead, call on Jesus. Say, Jesus, help me speak words of life to my family. Tomorrow, someone's going to deny you something you want. And you're going to want to unleash on them. And let them know how much you deserve it. Instead, call on Jesus for help. Say, how, do I, how, does, how does my heart, God, reflect your, my ambassadorship? Tomorrow you're going to go to work and someone may falsely accuse you. And you're going to want to defend yourself. And in your defense, you're going to want to tear down the person around you. Call on Jesus for help. Say, God, how do I speak, how do I speak life? On my way home, someone's going to, some idiot driver's going to do something. This is one of my, someone's going to do something, and I'm going to want to unleash on them. You know why? Because they, they'll never hear me. But you know what? Even in that moment, I'm going to say that words of life and death are being released. And instead, I'm going to call on Jesus for help. Because I want to represent him. I want to represent him at every angle of my life. Every one of them. Because my words display power. My words reveal 
what's in my heart. And my words can promote healing. Oh God, just wash us again afresh and anew with your word. The better word of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. I pray for each and every one of us now that the word of God would be fully released in our lives. I pray that we would be washed by your word. God, we thank you. Lord, I pray that now as we come to a time of giving, that God will, we're not giving out of duty or obligation, but just like everything in our lives, we're giving because our hearts have been transformed by you. And we want to say thank you. We want to give out of a heart of overflow of gratitude. As I bring this offering or as I bring this prayer request and I lay it at your feet, I thank you, God. And I say, help me, Jesus, for my words to speak life over people. I give you this offering because I give you myself afresh and anew. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Give your husband a couple opportunities for service and set up the offering. Take up an offering and, and sing praises to God. Okay, well, thank you for that word, Pastor Bart. In just a moment, we'll take an offering like you said. And if you have a physical offering, then you'll bring it to the front, these plates up here. And if you have a, if you have a give digitally, these are the ways you can do that. Um, just a few.